goodness, your goodness in our lives, Lord. We declare it, we speak it, Lord. Thank you, Father, that we can choose now to have the mind of Christ, Lord. To come with a mindset, not our own mindset, not what we feel, not what we hear, not what we think it should be, but your mindset, Lord. And we come this morning, Lord, and we speak Jesus over our circumstances. We speak it, we declare it over our circumstances in Jesus' name. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your word that always stays the same. That you will run after us, Lord. And we honor you for that. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Wasn't that great? Yes. <laughs> Amazing what God's doing. From strength to strength. Cool. Can you put on my first slide there for me? Thank you. Right. I'm going to tell you a story this morning. And uh, I know a lot of you probably, I saw a few faces and thought, oh, who's this funny man in front of me? For those who don't know you, I'm Yapi. I'm part of the eldership here for, for quite a few years not just here, but part of every nation for a few years. And it's been an honor and a privilege to serve every nation, but serve God first of all, and be part of this community. So um, I'm going to call my sermon TLKHP+. <laughs> okay, you can start figuring that out. <laughs> You've probably seen a, seen a rainbow, see a rainbow there. <laughs> I'll help you in that. So the story I want to tell you is about a young boy who grew up on a farm, a small community in a farm, and um, he grew up in the age of before five, he was sexually molested by his cousin. And didn't know what to do about it, didn't say anything about it, just kept it to himself. His parents thought it was good to send him to a boarding school at a very young age, but also after that, a normal boarding school, mixed school. But at the age of 11, they decided to send him to an all-boys school for a few years. And at the all-boys school, what happened is the first week that he was there, he was called up to the dormitory by the hostel master and said he had to check something in the cupboard. They had a cupboard where they used to walk in, where all the clothes was for the dormitory. And he walked in the cupboard the housemaster put off the light and closed the door and sexually molested him there. And he said to him, make sure this never happens again because your clothes weren't put in the right order. He was sent down to his room or to the, to the geography lesson to continue with the geography lesson that day. Unfortunately, this happened again. And after a few times, this was reported, and he was taken out of the school, sent home, back to his hometown. He finished school there, finished matric there, and went to varsity, where he went to study. In varsity, he had to face the shame and the pain first time in his life, and didn't know what to do about it. Didn't know where to find love, where to find a community that would love and accept him. Accept him. 
So he found a different community because the church wasn't there. And that was my life story. So today I'm going to talk about the TLK PS plus community. And that's us. The Lord keep his promises plus. He will keep his promises for all of us. Not just for me, but for all of us. So as I speak today, it's a great fortune for me to tell my story to you today. But I'm going to mix it in with gender and see where we are in the world today. So if you can bear with me, it's an exciting journey, but I really believe we need to have a voice in the LGBTQ plus community. It's called a community because they look for community. And we are supposed to be the community for them. So I'm going to start with a scripture that really changed my life. And the scripture is Psalm 25, where it says, In you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come to those who are treacherous without cause. It's a promise. It's a promise what it says there. It says, no one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. So, Father, as we open your word today, thank you, Lord, for your word. There's many, many promises in your word, Lord. And your word says that you will keep your promises to all of us. Not just to few people, but all of us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for this word. Thank you for your word that says that if we trust in you, we will not be put to shame. In Jesus' name. Amen. When I was at Varsity... Luckily, I, I met this most beautiful wife of me, Francie. And she led me to the Lord. And I just want to give honor to her today. Because <laughs> if it wasn't for her, I would have been proud of that other LGBTQ plus community. So thank you, first of all, to God. But thank you to Francie. Thank you for my daughter. And family. And thank you for friends. Thank you, Stevie, for loving me. So, sorry about the emotions, but let's go on. Okay, what then should our approach be? We're living in an ever-evolving society of great, great challenges. Our children that they're going through at the moment, our generation that's going through, are facing so much, so much complexity that we don't realize it. There's so many noises out there, so many voices out there, that we have to be the voice. We cannot be silenced in this. We have to know what we are saying about. We have to, have to engage in research, and we also know, have to know what they're going through. I'm addressing this issue this morning with great sensitivity. I'm not saying that I know everything. My story is different to everybody else's story. But there is a story that each person have. Even if you sit here today, you have a story. And God is in the story for you to redeem you. His promises are there for you. So it's not just a theological discussion. 
I want to say it's not just theological. It's a, it's, it's more than that. It's a, it's a human concern of ideologies and worldviews. So what are they grappling with? It's about individuals who grapple with discomfort within their own identity and those striving to carve out their place in the world. And our approach must be characterized by compassion, by love and respect as we embark on these discussions. I'm not saying to embrace and to, uh, to say that behavior is fine, but I'm saying we need to be the answer. We need to be there to be able to care, to love, and to make them, to, to transform them in what God wants to, to make them to be. The promises that God gave us is for all of us. So the next promise I want to read is the scripture out of 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 to 11. It says here, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are, or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were, that's the promise. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Were, it's a promise. It was like that, but you came to God, not just some of, it doesn't just say some of the sins, but everyone. If you come to God, He will, by His Spirit, make you into who you're supposed to be. That's a promise. That's why it's HLKPSHPS+. I'll forget my own acronym this morning. <laughs> so there's two, two perspectives that we're looking at. Perspective is the activist uh, perspectives and also the reality perspective. So there's activists that's actually calling out and say this is what it should be like. They call out more of love and compassion and inclusion than we as a church do. That's a different perspective. The perspective I want to leave with you is a reality perspective today, where, yes, we need to know what's going on. We need to do research. We need to know why this is happening, because this is expanding like never before in this world again, uh, like before. So our dialogue, our, di our dialogue should be grounded in the context of understanding. We should understand, because nowadays, it's just there's no more absolute truth, so it's become fluid, anything goes, there's no boundaries, there's, it's limitless, you can do and say whatever you want. The historical worldview, or the biblical worldview, used to be binary. In other words, just two genders, male or female. But now it's become non-binary, and it's become such a spectrum that you can be anything, anything on the spectrum you can be. So it's unique for each individual. That's what's happening at the moment. So just keep in mind that in one generation, it's changed. One generation. Four generations ago, when I was battling because of what happened to me, there already it became an issue. But in one generation, it was, it's escalating by thousands of percent, ever before in this world. So we need to be understanding of the gender, the gender that's shifting, and also the sexual orientation the comparison that's happening in the world today. 
So bear with me. I'm just going to read this. Jonathan Grant, he wrote the book on divine sex. He says, it's important, it's an important perspective to know. He highlights that our modern culture encourages the formulation of personal beliefs, moral values, and rules. Our modern culture. But then he says, this phenomenon mirrors the age-old story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, where the desire to create personal truth led to significant consequences. So it's not a new thing. It's been like this. But there's an escalation at the moment. That's what I want to help us with. So we need to navigate this thing that we are looking at at the moment and see what can we ground this on, what we are seeing at the moment. Am I echoing a bit? So the struggles we have is what does a church do? Where do we fit? Where does these people fit in? What do we do about it? <laughs> Help me. Okay, so we're looking at two worldviews here today. Okay, the biblical worldview says we, are consist, we consist of spirit, soul, and body, which is interconnected, interwoven, and influences other. Let me help you on this. Do you know that if you think about something, if you experience something, it affects everything about your body? Okay, let's, let's do a test. If you think of a nice steak, for instance. A nice steak. Can you think of a steak? Okay. Oh, can you taste it already? You can taste it because it's, it's not what I'm saying. It's here and it influences you of a nice red wine. What do you think of? Especially for Charles. <laughs> what do you think of? What do you experience? What do you can taste already? It influences you. If you've got a headache, do you feel joyous? Do you feel happy? No, you don't. Because it affects everything. We consist of spirit, soul, and body. But what's happening in the world today, they make a difference. They say we only have a mind and we have a body. We don't have a spirit. The mind is internal. And it's, uh, they just say it's, it's internal. It's, it's got its own meaning. But then the body, that's the body. It's external. It's, got, it's morally neutral. And that's where it comes to the theory of personhood. I don't know if you've heard of Rene Descartes, what she says, what you think is therefore I am. What I think, therefore I am. So what you think is what you am, what you are. And she says, he says, and this creates a conflict between one's body and self, and it leads to issues like euthanasia, abortion, casual sex, pornography, and there's no limits. It's anything. So that's why people go into pornography, internet, anything that they do because it doesn't affect them, because it's outside. You hear what I'm saying? So the worldview is mind and body. Our worldview, or biblical worldview, is spirit, soul, and body. So that's the biggest issue that we have at the moment, is they've differentiated between the two. We know, God says, John 10, 10, my favorite verse, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy, but Jesus came to give us life, life in abundance. He wants us to thrive. He wants us to thrive as whole, spirit, soul, and body. Healed in your body, in your spirit, and in your soul. That's what God wants us to do. Your hormones, your thinking, what you're eating, everything, what your experiences affects, affects every area of your life. Excuse my tissue, but something.
So, so what we, I'm going to just show you these different things that we're going through. So, it's not just mind and body. We need, you need to understand that's what the world predicts at the moment, or what the world says. Mind and body, external, internal, you're different, you can decide whatever you want. So let me go through terminology just to give you a little bit of taste of what goes on at the moment. Okay, what is sex? What sex at the moment is, it used to be your sex, what you are born with. But they say now, it's um, assigned sex or male sex at birth. So if a boy is born, the doctor's got to say now, it's assigned male at birth. It's not just a boy. Or assigned female at birth. But that doesn't mean you're a girl or a boy. So this is what the world says. So your sex is not who you are. The sex is just what the doctor says, yeah, you're a boy, you're a girl. But that's, he, he, he assigned it to you, but it's not necessarily who you are. Okay? The other one is the gender. Gender means... It's what goes on in culture and society. A brilliant thing to, to watch if you want to watch something is what is a woman? I don't know if any one of you watched it. By Matt Welsh. He went over the world. He's a journalist and asked every woman that he can, okay, just tell me what is a woman. They couldn't tell him what is a woman until he got to his wife at the end. <laughs> and she helped him and said, okay, I, Maybe Francie can tell you, what is a woman? <laughs> I dare you, what is a woman? <laughs> Born female with a vagina and that's who you are. It's a woman. But the world doesn't know. Doesn't, there's no, it's a society term. It's a culture that determines what is a woman. The next one is gender identity. Gender identity is, is who you are. It, it is what do you perceive yourself as. Listen carefully. What do you perceive yourself as? If you perceive yourself as somebody, whoever, a male or female, that's your gender. So gender and sex has got nothing to do with each other. So what I'm saying in my mind is not necessarily what my sex shows me. Gender diversity, and this is where the world now, modern society recognizes a wide range of gender identities, including transgender individuals and those who identify with non-binary, pansexual, Queer, omnigender, bigender, and many other terms. There's now 102 different ones that you can choose from at the moment, registered. 102 different ones. Okay. Gender dysphoria, dysphoria is very, very rare. It's 0.5%. It's very rare that we find people suffering with this. Gender dysphoria means that you have an um, identity disorder, gender identity disorder. You don't want to be a male. You don't want to be female. If you look at yourself in the mirror, you're disgusted. That's a dysphoria. You don't want to be who you are. But it's not, nothing to do with transgender yet. Cisgender, by the way, is who you are. Let me help you. You're a cisgender. <laughs> cisgender individuals are those who are comfortable with their birth, sex, and identify themselves with a gender assigned at birth. So if you're happy with that, you're a cisgender. Okay. Transgender, gender is the, the umbrella term that individuals feel that the sex is assigned to them. It's not necessarily the sex that they are. Gender transitioning, this is where we sit at the moment. In the world, it's increased by, in US, 200%. In the UK, something like 2,000%. In Sweden, you can go and they can change you like anything you want to. 
and it don't, they don't ask questions, they just do it. At the age of nine, now in different states in California, you can go and you can tell the, the, the psychologist at school, but you feel like a boy, you feel like a girl, and they have to help you to transition already. So first of all, what happens with the transgender, gender transitioning, gender pronouns get changed, changing the names, alerting hairstyles, using puberty blockers, breast binders, testosterone blockers, and then you go on. So when it starts at nine, it never stops. It just goes on. But there is some detransitioning that's happening. Detransitioning means you've decided not to change or you want to stop the change, but unfortunately you're not infertile or unfortunately you'll never behave, behave, be able to have children. Or unfortunately, now you have other sicknesses, lung diseases, you have osteoporosis, it just carries on. So if you change them, it, it's very devastating to stop this change. Very rare, we also have intersex. Intersex is what we have in South Africa. One person that we know of is Casta Semenya. She's intersex. She is a female, but with chromosomes of a male. And then the sexual orientation. Sexual orientation used to be the gay, lesbian, bisexual. Orientation means who are you attracted to? Gender means who are you? Sexual orientation are who are you attracted to? Okay, the knop is terug. Wat ek nou? Oor. Okay. Nee, daar is ek nou daar. Okay. Daar. Oor, dit is verdwijn. Karel het verdwijn. Okay. Let's give Karel the... Things to consider. I'll be... I'll help you quickly. We need to recognize this is a craze. A craze means this is more than ever before. In the last decade, it's increased by a thousand percent. <laughs> It used to be one in 10,000, it's one, now three in 100 that wants to transition. Three in 100, it's scary. The reason it, it's very, very complex because we don't have a voice, first of all. The world has a voice, internet has a voice, other people have a voice, and we don't have a voice. So that is the things we need to consider. The transgender craze, it's a craze. We need to see that the generation that we're dealing with currently is a huge, huge pain. First of all, we, don't, we, can't, we cannot say that we know what they're going through. We didn't have what they have at the moment. So if you sit here as a parent or as a grandfather, grandmother, or even have children still, we don't, you can't say to them, I know what you're going through. We don't know what they're going through. It's much more complex than ever before. The internet, the peer pressure, the exposure to media is much, much more than ever before. I would say one of the biggest issues is, is I'm saying it's complex, but I'm saying also one of the issues, we have slow, slow <laughs> snow plowing parents and helicopter parents. We are there to rescue very quickly and ha we haven't taught our children to, to build up confidence and resilience. So we help and we rescue too easily. I'm talking to parents now, okay? So be careful. Adolescence is already very difficult. Think about it when you were a child. Can you think about it? When you're 12, 13? You were weird. You were awful. It's very <laughs> difficult to go through that stage. You don't know who you are. Am I right? Or do you know? Is it okay? Is it okay? So we need to know. It's the So. The result is an increase in anxiety, let me tell you. Increase in anxiety and depression, which turns 
teen suicides in South Africa at the moment at 25% in the last decade, increased by 25%. Self-harm has increased by 190% in the last decade. Cutting, drinking, trying to kill yourself, and suicides up by 25%. So we need to recognize, yes, there's a craze, but there's a generation in a lot of pain. The online influence. Online influence is predicted that children spend six hours per day on the internet and on media, on cell phones, six hours. Only about 30 to 40 minutes they speak to their parents. Who's got the biggest voice in this child's mind, in their heart? So the influence of the online community creates a platform where they'll say to you, but we are here, we care for you, we love you, we can help you, because the parents are not there. So while I'm saying that don't put yourself under condemnation, I'm just helping. I just want to say to you, we do have a complex situation. The platforms of TikTok and Facebook and Instagram are portraying an image that scrutinizes our kids in their sexuality and in their physical bodies and who they are. So it's really, really onslaught from the enemy. Affirmative care, what I told you about. I went to see a psychologist at the age of 18, 40 years back. She said to me, just accept yourself. 40 years back already. Now, it's in, in certain states and certain countries, it's law that you cannot counsel a person out of it. You need to affirm them out of it, not out of it, in it. So when they go to psychologists, psychiatrists, they need to affirm what the problem is and not help them out of the problem. So in the last decade, it's increased a lot. Scott Nugent is one of the transgender activists at the moment. He transgender from a, from a woman to a male. And he talks openly about it, how his life has been devastating for the last 12 years because of this. He's got lung problems, he's got back problems, he's got heart problems, and he cannot understand why the world is shouting. He's an older guy already. He cannot understand why the world is shouting and telling the kids of 9 to 12 to decide. Hello, wie heet jy van pizza only? If your child comes to you at age nine and they say to you, but I just want chocolate every, every meal. It's, it's scary. It's really scary. So, and it's not, it's not what we think it used to be. It's not a dysphoria like we think it is. And it's not like the sexual orientation maybe that it was. Very, very few. 0.1% I think changed. But this is a craze that's, that's lifting up more and more. The implication of the society is huge because of the sport, political stuff, everything changing. I mean, just read about it. You can read about it on the internet. If you compete as a woman or compete as a man or run or swim or an actor and acting in the UK, um, they have to create a new identity for you, you're a transgender now and not just a male and female. Who's the best male? Who's the best female singer? No, no, no. It's now who's the... Singer. <laughs> so, 
I'm trying to be very compassionate about this, and it's really sensitive, and I want to encourage all of us. But I want to end off with this, is how do we respond to this? As the church, and as parents, and as grandparents, and as youth workers, and as a church, we need to become the people that affirm the body, affirm the person, help them to know this is a male, this is what a female, call out the, the, the male and the female identity in your child, in the person. Help them to, to help them to have open conversations with the roles, the responsibility of, of being a man and what, what being a woman. Reject stereotyping. This is one thing that I want to encourage you. Each person is unique. What happens nowadays, if you like sport and you're as strong as a woman, they will say to you, maybe you're trans, maybe you're this. And as a male, if you like singing and you like music and you like dancing, mm, maybe you're this. That's what they will say. Because I feel alone and I'm at home and I just go on the internet and say, okay, I feel down, I don't know what go. Maybe I, I just feel depressed. They will all tell you, maybe you're trans. Maybe you're busy transitioning to something else. So reject stereotyping and putting people in a box by saying this is what a male should be like and this is what a female should be like in their roles and responsibilities. Embrace their season. Their season is very difficult. It is difficult. You know as, as your kids, they, it, it's so difficult what they're going through, but if we cannot have a safe place for them to speak without judgment, <laughs> they will find another voice. They will find somebody else and somebody else that will listen to them. We need to support their journey. The proximity and the presence is what's more difficult than ever before. Be in touch online and offline with your kids. <laughs> know what they are going through, know who they are, and it's difficult. I know it's very, very difficult. You need to be the source of what they hear the things. You need to be the emotional support where they get the emotional support from. Not from anybody else, but from people around you, from parents, from loving people around you. Lead and love. How do we lead and how do we love? Approach discussion about gender and identity with love, compassion, and understanding. But you don't have to compromise on what you believe. Resist on what the world is busy telling you. I've seen a parent and I've seen a child that says, my child wants to be this and I've, I've changed the pronoun already and I've changed the name already. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be pulled away with the society, with the world, what is happening. So how does it change my life? First of all, I find a place where I was safe. I had people around me that kept me safe, that knew what I was going through. I had friends that was with me. It was quite difficult because the church was judgmental at that stage, unfortunately, and didn't accept. And even in church, in family, you can find that that happens. And that's tough. Number two, what happened is they stay connected, even if they think I'm weird, even if they think I'm not, not the, the right way that I say things or the right way that I speak or whatever. 
And so it was safe. They stay connected, but they also resist the behavior. And they didn't compromise on God's truth. And that's very, very important. You don't have to compromise on God's truth. And equipping and helping to see it's not just mind and body. It's spirit, soul, and body that's interlinked. So that's what helped me. And I want to encourage us as church, as I just go back to my first slide, the TLK HP Plus. Tell your neighbor, you are a TLK HP Plus community. Can you do that? Tell your neighbor. Tell your wife. So TLK HP Plus community means that the Lord keeps his promises more, plus, 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 for you, for me. We can read the word. I mean, the word is full of it. From the beginning to the end, many, many promises. God's given you promises for your children, given promises for you, for your family, for who you are, for you trusting. We, sh we shouldn't be pulled away by the LGBTQ plus community. But that's why they call it community, guys. They long for community. I once counseled a, a couple, a gay couple. They married. And the first question he asked me is, will I be welcome in your church? <laughs> it's very tough because we're easy to judge others that don't have the same sin as us. I'll say it again. It's easy to judge those who don't have the same sin as us. So, if we want to be the answer, ask yourself today, are you willing to, you don't have to embrace the behavior. You can be the answer to love and care. That's what changed me. If I didn't have friends, if I didn't have God, first of all, I thought he, he just left the place. But uh, because I tried, I tried church many, many times, and like I said, I found a different community that loved me and accepted me very easily. But thank God for God, and thank God for my wife, and for friends, and for family. The church was there for me eventually. And I know it's difficult. I know it's not easy. But I want to give us hope. This is the hope. It's TLK HP Plus hope. And we can all have it. So I want us to, to stand. I'm not going to ask you to confess and repent, but I'll pray. I want us, if you want to stand, and say so you are maybe willing. And it's not about the LGBTQ+. It's about anyone. Are you okay with anyone? Anyone with their sin to come with you, to love? Are you okay to love them? Not to compromise. I'm saying just loving them. Francie, remember, from the day she knew, she knew me, I always said, I wish people would just accept me. But the acceptance is not accepting my behavior. Acceptance is just accept me for who I am. You hear what I'm saying? Not my gender of confusion, but just as a person. 
Are you okay to stand with me? So, Father, even if it's so difficult topic to talk about, and, but it's not difficult for you, Lord. It's not complicated for you, Lord, because the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and he uses specifically this area in many, many, many people's lives to keep them in shame, keep them in bondage, keep them that they don't ever speak. Even that's the way I thought I'll never, ever tell anybody this. But, Father, thank you that I can speak out and say there is an answer because you're the answer. Lord, the world needs an answer, not just from us, but you gave the answer already, Lord. Let us not be ashamed of what you have done for us. So, Father, as a church, as a TLK, H-plus community, because your promises are all there for us, Lord, even more than enough, I just declare it over all of us, Lord, that we are willing as we stand, even if it's difficult, to, to start loving, to reach out. Father, and I pray for each one of us standing here that maybe he's got a friend, maybe got a child, maybe got a brother or an uncle or sister or whoever that is involved, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord, by your grace, by your mercy to love and to care the way you did it, Lord. To bring truth without compromise, to bring truth with grace, and with a lot of mercy, Lord. So I speak, Lord, that we will be the answer in the community that we live in. In Jesus' name. Amen.